Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes podcast, episode 5. The podcast where two best friends talk about the stuff that we love, all the nerdy things. I am your host, Kyle, and as always, joined by my best friend, Jack. Hey, hi, how are you? I am doing great, how are you? Pretty good. So this week... Going a little earlier this week with... Yeah. Just some scheduling stuff, but I'm glad that we are are here and doing our thing. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, for uh, for the listeners, it is a Wednesday for us as opposed to our normal Friday recording time, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, because of that, we're midweek. There hasn't been much news this week, so we're pretty news light this week, so we do have an interesting topic for you. Um, before we hop into topics, though, um, what have you been up to this last week, Jack? Played a lot of Destiny, a lot of grinding. I've been messing around more with like the mod system and like the loadouts and everything, and I'm having a good time now that we've unlocked some of like all of the um, new like fragments and aspects and everything. Titan feels very strong. It doesn't feel like it's just another punch subclass. Mm. Um, but I've really fallen in love, and it's it's really you'll find this hilarious. I've really fallen in love with the new warlock. Hey, um, it's it's a lot of fun. Like just constantly summoning these little threadling minions that will like perch on you if there's nothing nearby, but then. They just, you know, they shoot out to kill things whenever they're in range. Um, it's been a lot of fun playing with those. Um, yeah. Other than that, just trying to keep caught up on things. You know, The Last of Us, Mandalorian just started. Um, my wife and I, we also watch The Voice. Oh, jeez. Like that's, that's like our, our like current ongoing reality type show that we okay. have. Um just some animes that have gone on um attack on titans final final season final part special one yeah so it's it, the the last portion of this season is is just split up into two hour long like a little bit more cinematic for each of them and mm-hmm. when i say hour i mean like it's it's a de- it's a full 60 minutes of content so like if you're watching it like in Japan, like on air, it's probably like an hour and a half for like commercials and things like that. Um, but like the first one of those dropped, I think the second one is probably this summer or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like they did, they've done really well. Pretty happy with Studio Mappa. Yeah, I, I did start the episode. I'm about halfway through it, I think. Um, quality is very good. It had a very slow start. Um, I, I kind of fell off Attack on Titan towards the end of the show. Season three was by far my favorite, and I liked the way season four started. But as it kept going, the I liked it less and less. But I, I am ex- because of the new. Do you think that's because of the like newer characters that they introduce? No, I like the characters. I think it's just I don't want to spoil things for those who haven't read the manga. I just don't like the way the story goes. Uh, I I really hate the end of the manga. I don't like. Attack on Titan was so good in the beginning because of the mystery of everything. And now that all the mysteries have been kind of revealed, I don't really like where it went, which is really sad because that show is stellar. The animation is next to none. I think it really the only show that competes with it is like Demon Slayer. I could definitely understand having like some some reservations about the story. You know, that that's how it always goes with any sort of like beloved like ongoing series you know depending on how the ending is like we've talked about before like when something doesn't stick the the ending then it just like ruins the entire show yeah um i as someone who's read the the ending it's it's not that for me but i totally understand the ending not being to certain people's tastes 
Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I personally, we really like, um, ooh, she doesn't know yet, but she likes <laughs> what she's seen. Um, but I really like uh, the way that the show does end up going just because it's that type of story arc that you have with certain characters is not something that you typically get to see very often. Yeah. In forms of media, you know, of like having that type of a character arc. Uh, and so it's it's pretty interesting to see. Like it's it's definitely something that kept me guessing whenever the chapters were coming out once a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And you know, now it's uh now everyone gets to have that gaping hole in their heart put through. So it's it's yeah, a lot of fun. Or at least they will by, you know, winter twenty twenty five when the last part comes out and, and final mm -hmm. things. Isn't it? Hasn't the show been going on since like twenty fourteen? And it's like four uh -huh. seasons. I want to say it started like 2012. Oh, geez. Attack on Titan season one. We're just going to do this live. Mm -hmm. uh, it started 2013. Wow. Okay. So it is legitimately been 10 years in the making in order to get it right. I just don't understand why they're calling this all still season four. They should have just called, you know, the second half season five or whatever it may be. It's very interesting how they're marketing it. I don't really know their logic behind it, but you know, I, I I'm here to finish it off. I'm gonna see it through. I, I know the ending. Maybe they'll slightly change it for the anime. The anime has been very close, if not identical, to the manga. So I don't think they'll de deviate too much. But yeah. I, I'm here for it. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I uh, <laughs> I've been watching a different type of anime in the last week. I I, uh, I elaborated a little bit on it last week. Um, it, the anime is called Rocky. <laughs> oh, <it's a> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have uh, since last week, I am now on Rocky Six, which is Rocky Balboa. Uh, I've watched a lot of Rocky in the last week, and let me tell you, um, my outlook on life is very different right now. Is it really? Have yeah. Have you been enlightened? Oh, I've been something. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we watched Rocky Four the other day, and half the half that that movie is a montage. Yeah, you know, I was, you said you said we. So this, you brought the misses in. You know, uh, yeah, she's been watching here and there, uh, more so just to, as I have it on. You know, she'll be on her phone or she'll watch parts of it with me. She, both of us actually have really enjoyed Rocky three the most. Um, Rocky one was kind of slow and, and decent. I, I thought it was a good movie of, of its time. You know, I didn't like Rocky two. Rocky two didn't hit it for me. It was super cheesy in the wrong ways. Um, I loved Rocky three. I loved Mr. T Apollo Creed, like Carl Weathers. I have yeah, so much more of an appreciation for Carl Weathers now. Yeah. Three was three was whenever they, well, I guess spoilers for a 40 year old movie or something like that. Three was whenever they, uh, they like became friends, right? They, yeah. Did. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. three was good. And then even more spoilers. Cause I mean, Hey, it's a 30, 40 year old movie in the fourth one. They kill him in the ring, Apollo Creed, which, you know, is, it was we were watching this movie and uh so they kill him and you don't know if he's dead or not and sylvester stallone wrote and directed most of these movies including like two three four and five and uh i think maybe five i could be wrong on that one but uh with rocky four you you're there you have this russian dude and, and apollo creed fighting and he gives him a real good punch in the face and you see him fall and then everyone's oh stop the match and they they, they bring the guy out to the ring and rocky's like you know, concern, but the way they directed it, which was Sylvester Stallone's doing, 
the camera's cutting all around to the audience, to Creed, to Rocky, to the Russian, to the announcers. And it was weird. Like, it cuts to the uh, funeral, and he's like, oh, he's dead. He was a good fighter, you know? You know, it, he, it just, it was not done well. It was a shame yeah. because Apollo Creed's the best character in those movies. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like very frantic with the camera work. Yeah. Um, I think it's like kind of like the best way. It's it's almost like in that sort of a scenario where like there's this big emotional leap or like big emotional toll that has been taken. It kind of reminds me of like like what is commonly referred to as like shaky cam in yeah. like a lot of like action movies where it's like, uh, you know, we're kind of like hiding some things, you know, we're hiding the wires or like we're hiding the fact that like maybe these people aren't very good at their own stunts or we didn't have a lot of time for the choreos. It kind of gives me that same feel, but I'm not entirely sure why that's the case. Because, like, Carl Weathers has, like, always been a good actor, so, like, oh, yeah. he can play dead, you know? Like, he could bake it. Yeah. So, like, I'm not entirely sure what that was, if not to just, like, try to keep the pace as, like, very frantic and, like, on edge. Because, like, you don't know if he's, like, gone or, yeah. you know, like, you're you're just there in the moment just like anyone else would be, like, with the adrenaline pumping. Mm. That would be my guess. Uh, still has one of my favorite lines just delivered by Drago of just like, if he dies, he dies. Yeah, it's like, if he dies, he dies. That's pretty <laughs> It was just so like over the top anime in the, the fact that like, yeah, it was in the heart of the 80s. So I understand where the world was at during this time. So you have to look at it through that lens, you know, like Rocky 3 and Rocky 4, both early to mid 80s, and they feel it. But I mean, let me tell you, when Rocky 3 starts to eye the tiger, I'm like, here we go. We're 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 cooking with fire now. This is gonna be a good time, and it was. So I'm on Rocky Balboa now. I've I've watched about half the movie, so I am approaching Creed, which I, the whole reason why I'm watching these movies is to watch some, the the new Creed movies. So very excited to get started with those. But yeah, uh, Last of Us, you know, episode uh, eight last week. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was an episode, man. Let me tell you, it was it was it was. It was so good, but so terrible. Yeah, I I think um, we can probably just, for The Last of Us, we can leave it at it being amazing for now. And yeah. then I would imagine after this coming week, last, you know, final episode of season one, you know, chances are next week we're probably going to make that the main topic of the show. Yep. Um, and it's, it's we're, we'll try to keep things spoiler free for at least the first, you know, portion of it. But we'll give you a, a warning whenever we get into the spoilers. But, you know, heads up, that's probably going to be what we're going to talk about next time. Yeah, and I, I can't wait for that. Honestly, I have so many thoughts I just want to say out loud with it. And, like, this episode really teed up the Ellie that we're going to see in season two. I can't wait to see how Bella Ramsey does. Because, man, let me tell you, Bella Ramsey, give her all the awards. Yeah, dude, she killed it. Yeah, she was fantastic. She killed it. And, like, this last episode, she really killed it. Oh yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Have you ever watched the Creed movies? I want to circle back for just a second, or, or have you never watched a Creed? Movie? No, I have not seen any Creed movies. You know, honestly, what what brought this upon? You know, I I did watch you know Black Panther: Wakanda Forever pretty late, and uh, after I watched that, and you know, I won't say too much in case that people haven't seen the movie, but something happened in that movie where I'm like, hey, I want to watch Creed. So right. uh, sure. And I was like, man, I the the kind of person I am, I like to have that backstory. I don't want to Wikipedia read it. I want to experience it. 
And my intentions were to just to start with the first two Rocky movies to get the foundation. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. And I, man, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. Yeah. And you really kind of need up to four in order to get like all of the like the character development yep. for some of the specific characters. Um, yep. My wife actually just watched the Creed movies for the first time last weekend. We were supposed to see the Demon Slayer movie, but then mm. we found out it was like it wasn't a standalone movie. It was just the last two episodes of the last season and then the first episode of the new season oh. that's going to premiere in a month. So we refunded those tickets. We got tickets for Creed 3. And then the night before, we watched Creed and Creed 2 back to back. And boy, let me tell you, there there's a lot of trivia that I could give you on that from like the, the actual professional boxers and MMA fighters that they had in there to the fact that like Michael B. Jordan was like really out there doing these spice on like no stunt doubles, no stunt people. It was all him. Um, like one of the fights, um, what I'm pretty sure... Uh, Michael B. Jordan's first fight canonically in the like big fight um, after he's like started um, against an actual like professional boxer. It was done in one single take and it's wow. just one camera. And it's like, it's really a testament. You know, I've, I've talked before about how much I respect and love Keanu Reeves is um, John Wick because he does all of those action stunts and, you know, he's done all of the, the, gunplay and everything like that to where he actually knows what he's doing same deal here with michael b jordan in the creed franchise like you can tell he loves you know what he's done with the movies and in creed 3 no spoilers because i know you still have to see it but uh creed 3 was michael b jordan's directorial debut as mm -hmm. well and you know he's talked about how like there's definitely some anime inspiration oh, yeah. in with the fights and let me tell you, you you see the anime inspiration, and I for one am here for it. It was amazing, and he just he's instantly skyrocketed from like somewhere probably in like definitely my top twenty list of like actors that I really enjoy, easily within like the top five now. Like he's awesome. so charismatic. He's a really good character actor, and like yeah, man, the, like guy could take care of himself, <laughs> and it's a. Uh, I'm very excited for you to see the movie so that we can talk about it. Maybe not. I don't know if we'll talk about it in the podcast or just like, you know, off the air, but I'm very excited to get your opinions. Yeah, for sure. What would you give Creed 3 like, out of 10? What would you give Creed 3? I would probably, so in going in order, I would give Creed 1 probably like straight up, I would probably give it a 9. Mm -hmm. Creed 2, I would probably give like a seven and then this one i would i would probably give and you know it, it might just be you know like the writer's side like i'm it's still so fresh for me i'd probably give it somewhere between like an eight and a nine depending on the day like, i think it was a really good um final capstone to the creed trilogy specifically um i hope that they leave it and it, it seems like it, it definitely ended in such a way that we would leave it at least you know with this character um, I'm totally down for seeing other things in like, I guess like the Rocky verse, if you want to put a name to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind that at all, but I, I think that this was a really good way to like end this trilogy with these characters. Um, and yeah, just the fact that they stuck the landing whenever so many times, whenever you have, especially, you know, like sports movies that are, you know, running in, um, 
multiple movies, oftentimes you'll jump the shark with one of them and they just go downhill from there. Uh, I'm happy to say that, like, to me, that was not the case. Again, some of the, like, anime inspirations may not be to everyone's taste, um, but as someone who enjoys anime, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty fun to watch. It was, it was a really good time. And, like, once again, like, I feel like we're just, a, I'm a broken record. Uh, Jonathan Majors in this movie as, like, one, uh, like, as a, a big character and it's like, he just kills it. He kills it in every role he gets. And I'm like, I'm super excited. This kind of seems like his year. Yeah. Uh, between this Ant-Man and one other movie that I can't remember the name off the top of my head that he was in. But like, he is, he's really bringing it. And that he is absolutely someone that uh, Hollywood and, uh, you know, just like whatever he wants to do uh, needs to watch out. Yeah, I'm super excited to see it. Uh, I hope by time of next recording next week's episode i will have all three creed movies under my belt maybe not the third one being in theaters so we'll see if i can see it before the next podcast but i I, that is my goal Uh, actually this weekend um, my local theater here is playing some retro like uh, not retro but classic movies Uh, every weekend they're rotating out this coming weekend is the first harry potter movie so so I saw that back in the theaters back, you know, when it came out on a school field trip, nonetheless, which is really weird to think about. I know. Um, and my wife is the biggest Harry Potter fan. I know her and her sister can quote that movie front to back. So it's going to be fun to go see on the big screen with her. She's going to have a great time. I can't wait. But yeah, really, uh, I think that's pretty much all I've been up to this week. Uh, we have a, an interesting topic this week. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of last week's topic with the Marvel stuff. Um, I had mentioned before in one of the earlier episodes that this podcast kind of came out because of us wanting to talk about the DC stuff when James Gunn got announced, you know, because that was such a bombshell once he announced his plan for the DC universe and the new DC universe. And with our love of DC characters, we just wanted to talk about it. So that's kind of where this podcast got the roots from. And uh, I figured this week, being a slower news week, we can finally go into what we want to see from DCU or DC films moving forward with the tie-ins from the, from the shows and the cartoons, because it's all going to be connected. So I figure we kind of list off our dream projects past the ones that we know are already coming out. So we do have, you know, the slate given to us by James Gunn for film and TV to start, um, kicking things off. We have Superman legacy, which I'm super excited about. James Gunn is, you know, writing that movie. We'll see if he directs it. I think he will, but I can't, yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited. I, growing up, I was a huge, huge Smallville fan, you know, and we grew up in Indiana, you know, pretty small area. So it's just, that hits home for us, I think, in a different way, being that, that smaller town and, you know, Tom Welling's Clark Kent is my definitive Clark Kent, not Superman, but just Clark Kent for sure. And like my, Michael Rosenbaum grew up in the town we grew up in, you know, like right there. So uh, definitely some cool connections to Smallville. I love it. Um, but moving on, what's announced at least so we can kind of get through this part to move on to what we want to see. Uh, we have the authority. Well, go ahead. I've got one quick fun. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, this may be true for you as well, because we did grow up in that same little area. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who plays Lex Luthor on the show Smallville. Uh, his mother, I had multiple times as a substitute teacher going to school, and she would have like pictures of like herself with her son, and obviously she was she was super proud of like the fact that her son was like this major character. I'm like, 
really at that point like a very new type of thing of having like this chronological storytelling of Superman. Like mm-hmm. the effects were like not that great, but like I have like multiple times been taught by Michael Rosenbaum's mother. That's awesome. See, I think everyone in like the uh, that area of Indiana has some ties to Michael Rosenbaum. I feel like because he was such a personable person. Um, so my former stepmom went to high school with him um, and her, her brother was friends with him. So when Michael Rosenbaum came back to the, uh, the Evansville area where we used to live to film his movie back in the day, they got to go to that premiere and to go see the movie. They had a little Evansville premiere for this movie. Terribly bad comic movie, um, a comedy movie. It's got a decent cast to it. Nick Swartzen's in it. You know, like you have some cool people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it's filmed in Evansville. You see the airport. You see the city. You see the nearby town where he grew up in. It's not a great movie, but it's 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 one that, you know, holds. Yeah, it holds a place in my heart for all the wrong reasons, right? Sure. For sure. But yeah, so I, I special place in my heart for, for Michael Rosenbaum specifically. Yeah, his, his podcast series is really good, too, that he does. I don't know if you ever listened to it. Yeah. I'll love to. It's called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. You, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we have, uh, back to the movies, uh, the next project after Superman is The Authority, which is a property pretty much no one's familiar with, it seems. Uh, it seems like he's going to kind of go the Guardians of the Galaxy route with this one to try and like have this new ragtag group of heroes-ish heroes, I guess, to kind of establish them in the new... DCU universe. We'll see how that goes. Um, the next one up is Batman, the brave and the bold, which I am so stoked for as a Batman fan. I'm sure you are as well. Looking forward to it. It, but Batman is a very divisive topic. <laughs> it's a, it's, there's a lot that they have to get right. And, yep. um, it's, it's almost like Spider-Man in the sense that like, we get it. Like mom and pop murked outside of the theater. You couldn't get over it. You learns from whatever it is you learned from to become this superhero. So like, I hope that we can like very quickly get past that, which it seems to be just from the synopsis where it's, we're talking about, you know, Batman's son, mm-hmm. Amy and Wayne as like the primary version of Robin. Um, so, you know, in that regard, it's like, okay, cool. Like, everyone knows who's, who Batman is. You know, like, my grandma, who's, like, never read a comic in her life, understands that Batman is, like, this character. That's how mm-hmm. permeated it is society, you know, some of these pop culture things are. Um, very interesting to me that we're going directly to the Damian Wayne version. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little surprised that we're not going to have anything like like we're not going to lead off with like dick Grayson or even like uh jason todd or or, or um what was the up uh tim yeah tim drake and then even like uh cassie i want to say or stephanie stephanie brown the the girl robin i can't remember her name yeah but i mean what's cool about that is so i'm not a batman fan but i am a bat family fan ah uh, okay um like i yeah, Bat- Batman's fine. Don't get me wrong. Bruce Wayne's a great character, but my my favorite characters in the Batman lore overall are Nightwing and Red Hood. So I think this is opening us up, and that will be one of my things I talk about moving forward is 
to get these spinoff movies with the Bat family and to actually not have to wait 20 years before we see some of these characters show up on screen. I actually think starting with an older Batman, you know, four Robins theoretically in having Damian Wayne be that Robin, having that cool dynamic between Damian, Talia Al Ghul, who's Damian's mom. It should be a fun time. I'm, I am looking forward to it because that's, you know, going alongside of the Robert Pattinson Batman that we're going to be getting with Matt Reeves as that DC. Elseworlds, yeah. Yeah. The Elseworlds story. So we'll have two Batmans and Batmen at the same time. So that'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, well, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm, I'm slightly worried that it's, it's just going to lead to a lot of comparisons between the two like Batmans. Um, like, you know, I feel like people are really going to dig their heels into the trenches and be like, well, this Batman is my Batman and the other Batman sucks. You know, like I'm, I'm worried that we might see some toxicity, uh, from the comic book movie goers first, because like, you know, I'm obviously, I don't know where that would come from. That's never happened before ever in the history of comic book movies. Um, but it's, it's just having those, you know, side by side, obviously people like us, people that probably are listening to us talk about it understand that you know elseworlds is a completely separate thing but like your average moviegoer maybe that like is going to see this may not know that like oh these are like separate universes they're separate projects i don't know how like wide like how mainstream that idea has really gotten to um so we'll see how that affects even like just like straight up box office numbers too you know like maybe someone goes in uh, to see the brave and the bold and maybe it's not their cup of tea and maybe that means they don't go see the matt reeves batman when mm. the second movie so like it we could see it hurt or help the numbers for each of those franchises as well so that'll be very interesting to see play out yeah it'll be interesting for sure uh so two movies left that have been announced uh super supergirl woman of tomorrow and then swap thing so some interesting choices for the first round of films i think the biggest standout to me as far as concerns go is the authority. But like we have said in past weeks, James and Gun- James Gunn, we trust, right? You know, if anyone's going to shepherd in these characters, James Gunn is the man for the job with Peter Saffron there, obviously, too. But really, it's James Gunn. Um, getting into the show side of things, there are some really, I think, really interesting picks as well. Uh, the first. Yep. I cannot let this slide. Oh that you just said the the biggest like nail in the coffin that is like uh staring up at you is the authority because we've already like very we've seen very easily how proven something like the authority is in that it is very reminiscent of the boys on amazon which is hugely successful and really see and I don't we're know. not going to say that Swamp Thing <laughs> is not the thing that you are worried about. Swamp Thing. They have tried to make Swamp Thing work so many times. And I'm not a hater. I like Swamp Thing. I think it's neat. You know, like, it's just that meme of, of March. Of like, I just think he's neat. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the fact that we're straight up getting a horror movie with Swamp Thing and it is officially canon in the DCU. That is the one where I'm just immediately like, well, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I can see why you would think that. I think the Swamp Thing being a true horror movie is, I think, what makes me not worry. 
if they're going to lean into the horror side of things and have that be its own like pillar to kind of bring in the dark side of things for the for the DCU, I like that. I think Swamp Thing is a hard character to nail. But again, I, I think DC and James Gunn wouldn't have him do this way, like with Swamp Thing being early, if there wasn't a bigger plan for it. So we'll yeah, see. We'll give you that. Yeah, we'll, but yeah. That's, I feel like I feel like whenever we look at like box office numbers, Swamp Thing is probably going to be oh yeah very very low for sure. The, the totem pole. But like obviously, you know, if they know that going into it, because Peter Safran has a lot of experience working in like horror movies and like thriller movies and things like that specifically. So like obviously, you know, if they know that going into it, you know, they they can have the right expectations. You know, they're not going into it expecting it to you know be black panther and break a billion dollars but you know if they go into it with appropriate horror movie you know like a horror movie budget and like the expectations and they market it correctly uh then i think it could be very popular and i think that it could uh really help kind of with sort of almost not quite like the stagnation but sort of the sameness yeah. overall that we kind of have come to expect from uh comic book movies um, you know, like aside from Deadpool and like the Deadpool movies and Logan, like you don't really get like darker comic book movies. You know, those are like the really the ones and like, you know, they're just there because they curse a lot and they have a lot of gratuitous <laughs> violence, which I'm yeah. not against. I'm all for the gratuitous violence, but it needs to be tasteful, you know? Yeah. And I, to be clear, I am worried about the movie. Um, I'm just not as worried as the authority, which, because as weird as Swamp Thing is, I think it's much more of a recognizable IP than the authority. So while it's still going to be hopefully rated R in a horror movie, it will probably have a bad box office return. I don't think the movie will be bad. I think there's a chance that the authority, depending on the direction it goes, the characters, the cast, all that stuff, it could be a bad movie, which is a weird way to start the DC universe off. So that's more so my my concerns. I'm surprised they're not coming out swinging strong with the big guys all right away, which we are getting two of the big three. And then with the TV shows, we are getting some more. So real quick with those, Creature Commandos is the first show to come out. It is an animated show. It will be full canon. James Gunn is the showrunner. It's already started production. Um, yep. Then we're getting Waller, which is a continuation of Peacemaker. So technically, I guess the DCU has already started with Peacemaker and, and theoretically the Suicide Squad movie that he did. Mm-hmm. The next one up is the big one for me, and I'm assuming you as well, just lan- Lanterns, Green Lantern. You get Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Awesome. Can't wait. Space. It's basically from what they said, it's space cops, true detective style. It, it, it should be fantastic. Yeah, you tell me, you're telling me that we're getting a TV show, a, a quote, Earth-based detective story and a huge HBO quality event in the style of True Detective. Now, the first two, like some of the recent episodes or, or seasons of True Detective, I'm, I have not been the biggest fan of, but the first two seasons. Oh, yeah. The first season specifically is so good. Yeah. So, like, you're telling me that we're going to get Green Lantern's True Detective Sign me up. That is literally the only thing that I need for the rest of my life. Right? Yeah. I, Green Lantern, you know, the we, we've talked about how much we love DC comics and characters. You know, Jeff Johns, who has been a part of DC for so long, you know, in the 
late 2000s, you know, did the Flash Rebirth and Green Lantern Rebirth. Both those stories were excellent. Hal Jordan coming back with, you know, with the brightest day, blackest night, all those stories, they were great. I can't wait to see some of those hopefully adapted. Um, the next show up is another big one, and I, I think it has potential to be a big hit, maybe not even with the comic book crowd, but just the HBO crowd. And that's uh, Paradise Lost, which is a Themyscira-based show, which is the Wonder Woman Island of Women for Amazons before Wonder Woman Diana was born. So it's going to be a Game of Thrones-style Themyscira show, which I think could be really cool. Yeah, if they if they nail the things that you know really make Game of Thrones and like House of the Dragon, if the things that make those truly special and what they set apart. And obviously, you know, this is going to be going through HBO. So clearly they have some references. They have some people that have worked on these things that they can go to be like, oh, yeah, like we're, we're kind of experts on this genre. Um, you know, assuming that they put the the love and care into uh, Paradise Lost, we have the making spore, you know, just essentially having, you know, potentially two Game of Thrones-esque in terms of like quality and in terms of like tone a year between House of the Dragon and this. And then yeah. you're telling me we've got True Detectives uh, with Space Cops Lantern also? Like, yeah, dude. I'm I'm honestly, I think I might be more excited for the TV show things mm -hmm. that we have than I am for the movies. And I'm very excited for them. Exactly. And then the last one, I think, is more of a actual comic book nerd type, you know, wish dream come true. <laughs> Uh, Bo Booster Gold, the infamous Booster Gold, Mike Carter, you know, Booster Gold, a future former football star from the 25th century who travels back in time to pose as a superhero using future technology. Like, the character of Booster Gold is hilarious. This show has so much potential to be a real superhero comedy show like we've never seen before. For sure, yeah. It's, um... Obviously, you know, a character like Booster Gold, like he's kind of a meme, you know, like his his heart is generally in the right place, but he's not always like the greatest guy, but he's got some pretty cool stories. And like, I like the idea of like that character. Um, one thing that I saw paraded around on the Internet, just like every here and there, I feel like every time there's any sort of like really like news or mention of like Blue Beetle or Booster Gold. This is something that like always manages to find its way into my feed. Um, we've got Zolo Maraduena. Uh, I'm not super great on the pronunciation of anything uh, Spanish. I took French in high school, so that's on me. Um, but uh, he's from um, Cobra Kai. He plays uh, Miguel, one of the yes. characters. And, you know, he is, you know, confirmed Blue Beetle, which is coming out later this year, I think in like August or something like that, yeah. 2023. And I, uh, one thing that I saw would be how great would it be if we got um, Johnny from Cobra Kai? Uh, oh, <laughs> booster. Come on. <laughs> the character that comes back in time, because, you know, oftentimes a lot of Booster Gold stories also involve the Blue Beetle. Like they're kind of. Yeah. A dynamic duo partners and and type of thing and you know you just you have the blue beetle right there you know that these two actors are really great at working with each other and feeding off of each other uh th that you know obviously whatever gun and saffron and and the very intelligent people that they have there whenever they decide casting wise we just have to put their faith in but that is one thing that i i look at and be like man that'd be something 
I love that idea. And then also you have the opportunity too with the Lantern Show for Guy Gardner because Guy Gardner and Booster Gold have often been together as well. So you have a lot of potential there with where that show could go or cross with the other shows. So I, I'm with you. I think the shows are a bit more exciting besides Creature Commandos, which we are getting uh, the weasel from the Suicide Squad back in, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think the shows are exciting. Um, I think that ends that. I mean, we obviously have the other stuff that's still coming out. We have Shazam. I think next week it's coming out. The, uh, the early impressions are very strong with it. Within two weeks. Yeah, I believe it comes out next Friday at the time of this recording. It comes out on the 17th. Okay, yeah. I mean, so the the Hollywood premiere was like a day or two ago, and uh, it, all the early impressions are great. They're saying it's a lot of fun. It doesn't waste waste any time getting started because it's not an origin story. James Gunn himself loves the movie. He wasn't a part of making that movie, but he is supporting it very strongly, saying it's a great movie. So I am excited for it. I love Zachary Levi. I think he's a great actor. I was a big Chuck fan back in the day. Same. So. Chuck. Yeah, and then, yeah, so you, the, there's a lot of things going for it. Um, we do have a couple other movies coming out. Like you mentioned, you know, Blue Beetle is one of the ones I'm excited for uh, with Miguel from, from uh, Cobra Kai. So, uh, always be Miguel and Sophie. Yeah. And that means that I am always on his side. He can do no wrong. Right? Yeah, we actually we have Cobra Kai, the final season coming up yeah, this year. So, uh, yeah, well, that... they don't have an official date, but they did release a teaser yeah. on like, Twitter and YouTube and everything that, you know, we've got this final season and like, we know it's the final season um, and they know it's the final season. So hopefully we'll make sure that we get all of our plot points wrapped up. Uh, but man, let me tell you, Cobra Kai, that is, that is an episode right there in of itself of the, the lightning in a bottle. That yep. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Just super excited to see, you know, uh, to see this actor, you know, start off in, you know, Cobra Kai, which could have absolutely just been a meme. And it almost didn't make it past the first season or two because it was originally like a YouTube Red original. Yeah. And then it didn't perform the way that they wanted. So they sold to Netflix and Netflix picked it up and ran with it. And people fell in love with the series as they rightfully should because it's cheesy, campy action at its finest. And it is so addictive. And the fights are really well done. Um, I have a background in martial arts myself, so that is something that I always have a very critical eye of um, in television and movies. Um, so whenever, you know, you see these actors like really put in the time and really put in the training in order to make those fights look special, um, that it, it really goes a long way for me specifically of just being like, yeah, they put in the effort. They, they really care and they really tried. And to see that actor go from, you know, what could have been nothing just fizzled out on YouTube Red to now, you know, being the star of a DC movie mm -hmm. is, it, it's magic. There's just no other way to describe it. It's super special. Yeah, I, I'm super excited for him, for the property. I love Blue Beetle. I love Young Justice, which, you know, Blue Beetle was a huge part of that show. Like, like we keep saying, we love DC. We love DC Comics and the characters. So... This is all great news. I think for the sake of time, let's try and limit ourselves to what are three things that we would like to see. We'll each do three. Uh, kind of talk about you know what you want to see the most out of DC because obviously we could go on for probably six, seven hours of what we would want to see. So uh, for the sake of our listeners' time, let's 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 do three 
three three plot points each of a, a title that you would like to see the next 10 years from DC. 10 years. Okay, yeah. that all right, that definitely limits things because I think it's super important. Obviously, we're getting a Superman movie, a Batman movie, or rather a Bat Family movie, and mm-hmm. then a Wonder Woman list Wonder Woman TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the like the the trifecta of the the DC, you know, Justice League. Those are like the big three as of right now. And then obviously we're also getting lanterns into the cover green uh lantern weevil two green lanterns also like hal jordan and arguably a better green lantern john stewart yeah um, and then we've also got um the flash movie which is going to essentially you know allow all of this to start as the dc moving forward so we've got you know five really important popular characters right there uh you've got shazam who's kind of just like off doing his own thing and then we've got like these other like smaller things, the Suicide Swan, Peacemaker, all of these guys that, that are just going to kind of like be there doing their thing. Uh, maybe they don't interact as much with the big things and that's totally fine. You know, yeah. anything that they do cross over with is great, but like it's like I'm not expecting, you know, the authority to, you know, be a prominent thing in a Superman movie. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so what do we what do we need? besides those characters uh what do we want to see what do we think is achievable within 10 years so if you don't have one yet i've got my number one lined up easy not not i think for me it's my number three like i think it would be the last one and like i would kind of describe it as like in a like the first big like avengers level so like the first big justice league level threat um oh that feels good um but you go first i'll save mine okay all right so like i mentioned earlier i'm a bat family fan i want a bat family spinoff show specifically i want a dick grayson spinoff show with nightwing and i don't think it would work but i would love a red hood show also so instead i let's give nightwing with red hood included in that show, or maybe even Tim Drake. I don't really care. I just, I really want Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. I, the, I love those characters. I love Nightwing. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of what he did post Nightwing when he kind of became like a secret agent there for a minute. But like, I love Nightwing. I think there's a lot of potential there. I don't know if they'll go the route of killing Batman like Bruce Wayne and having Dick Grayson take over with Damien. That could be cool. I don't think they should necessarily, but they might. Who knows? With having the Elseworlds Batman, they could technically, I guess. They could. I definitely think it would be weird if they just like introduce. It's like, all right, re- reset the timeline. Here's our first Batman movie, and then like maybe within a couple of movies, they're like, all right, we're gonna kill Batman yep. so that we could tell this like Nightwing story. And it's like, wow, that feels like a little bit rushed because there's a lot of Batman stories that you now just like don't really have the ability to tell in movie form without it being like in Elseworlds or without like heavy editing to like have it be a Nightwing story but like in that case it's like well I'd rather just have a Nightwing story not like this weird like pseudo Batman type of thing that is like now being placed because they're very different characters yeah and they have similar skill sets yep um so like I want to see I I definitely want to see uh something to do with a Nightwing um 
Based off of what you've told me, have you ever watched the TV show Titans? I, I started it. <laughs> let's, let's say that. I made it through the, uh, the second season, I believe. I didn't finish it, but I, I was watching that show, and uh, that show just didn't do it for me. You know, Being a young Justice fan and a Teen Titans fan, that show just, I thought, was way too rushed. They were like, hey, our solution to plot is to add more characters. And it, it just it didn't work for me. I know some people who loved it. Like, my brother-in-law is a big Titans fan, and he's not even, like, that he's not even that big of a comic book fan, but like, he loves Titans, so I respect it. I, it just wasn't for me. Gotcha. Yeah, just because like Nightwing was like a very prominent like main character. On yeah. That series, and then obviously you know with it being Titans, you know it was you also had Raven and Starfire, and then like we also got some like cool add-ins with like Superboy towards yeah the yep. seasons as well. And it's like yo, I'm all ups. Oh yeah, I've got plans for him. Don't you worry. Okay. All right. So we got Nightwing. What's your number two? You know, let's let's go back and forth here. Well, let's let's give your first one. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I think the if we're gonna go with um, TV, then what would be something that I'd really like to see? I'm hesitant to go with anything super cosmic or spacey with yeah. like the likes of like Martian Manhunter or yeah. um, like Captain Adam or anything like that. Just because like, especially if we're dealing with a TV show, that budget's going to get stretched super thin and I don't want to see anything suffer. Yeah. Um, I think I would be, you know, if we're talking, I, I think TV shows lend themselves really well to sort of the street level hero yeah right like non-powered individuals were like if it's a power it's like a subtle power um so you know obviously my mind goes towards something like Stephen amell's green arrow mm -hmm. um i think about uh you know sort of other characters in that vein that we could have tv show what would i want to see tv show oh you know what would be fun I might want to see, obviously, like, we're getting a True Detective-style show with lanterns, but I'd like to... What if we got a, a big, like, epic, sprawling, suspenseful thriller mystery with The Question? The Question's interesting. Yeah, he's a very interesting character. Yeah, that, 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 that is a deep cut right there that I think the average listener probably wouldn't even know who The Question is. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot done with The Question in recent years. Is is the question technically like the bat universe? Like is he a, is he that city? I can't remember if he He's he's a character that I feel like is is often um in like Batman storylines just because he's, you know, also a uh detective type yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, oh so a a serious question show, which I mean, just I uh, calling a show the question how how much cooler can that be? If you wanted to really lean into it, you you could make it a noir, make it black and white. Mm -hmm. You know, like just like Ooh. really lean into like you know, it, almost like paying an homage to that style of show because like he's a character, like he's a master detective. He has genius level intellect. He's super skilled at martial arts and hand to hand combat, and like that's it. He doesn't have superpowers. He's not a meta human. You know, so. That and just because of the thing, like he is all about like mysteries and suspense. Like if you wanted to drop him into Gotham and like have him be a character that is working in like Gotham, like rooting out corruption, 
I immediately think of it's like, well, maybe you can do something with like the Court of Bells, or you could do anything with like so many corrupted like Batman villains that like you know kind of permeate the the streets. And even if you don't want to go with like super villains, I use the term super villains, even though they're not always powered with Batman. Um, you don't have to go with something like a Two Face or a Joker. You could also go with like the mob aspect of yeah, like Armin Falcone or like any of these other like sort of like street level threats. And uh, I think that would also be a way that you could even potentially introduce uh, characters like Nightwing or Red Hood, like in yeah. Bloodhaven and things like that. Oh, good. So I will, I will dial your show idea up. Imagine the question created by Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof. Let me just Oh, Okay. It didn't pop for you right away. I'm surprised. Not off the top of my man, there's I got a lot going on. Yeah. It once you see who it is. <laughs> Watch me the leftovers and lost. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I think that's the way. I yeah. I, you give me a question TV show in the vein of Watchmen 2019's Watchmen mm-hmm. TV show. Oh, you've got a banger right there. That's that's your your Sunday night premiere TV show. Everyone is talking about it around the water cooler on Monday, just like we are with The Last of Us, just like we do with House of the Dragon or Mandalorian. That is that is. So last week we asked our listeners to tweet at Kevin Feige to give us the keys to Marvel Studios. This week, tweet at James Gunn. Give Damon Lindelof watch or not Watchmen. Give Damon Lindelof the question, please. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. And I feel like it it has a lot of potential just because there's so much you can do with a character like that that is relatively unknown and is oftentimes working behind the scenes. It is not necessarily like trying to get the spotlight or headlines the way that you would have, you know, you'd see with a Batman or a Superman or, you know, any of these other characters saving their city, saving the world, whatever. You know, the question is, is much more muted in that he is you know he's ideally if he does his job correctly it never makes the headline because the bad thing like wasn't even known by the journalist. yep exactly okay so i'm gonna go ahead and give my next two for the sake of time um because we're almost at the hour mark um so my next two um movie not show i thought about this being a show but i would like to see a movie but um teen titans with deathstroke as the villain Wow, so you're just you're you're really leading into the Teen Titans nostalgia. Huh? Hey, you know, I I think I think there are properties that need more light. I think so. My and this the, my my third one, is, so it leads right into my third idea, and that is a Wally West Flash. Uh, have him be in Teen Titans, and have him go on to be the main Flash that we get. Leave you know, have Barry Allen, you know, be there. Sure, why not? But I want to eventually. See Wally West. Interesting. That's a very interesting take that I didn't even really think about until you said that. That's a very interesting idea. I like that you're using Titans to set him up too. And then, you know, because obviously we've got like Ezra Miller's Flash movie coming up soon with mm-hmm. as Barry Allen. And now, yeah, that could work. I could see that. So what are, what is like the overarching like storyline that you envision? So we've got the Titans with, um, with uh, Deathstroke, what are you envisioning for your Wally West Flash movie? You know, I don't really know for sure. Um, that that's where the the thought train kind of stops at Wally. Okay. Uh, I think I Wally, 
I want to see Wally. I want to see more of the modern take on Wally, but I think that requires time, which isn't in this 10 year plan. Cause I, I would love to eventually see the Wally we have in the current comic run after he's gone for years and coming back. I think that's, but like nineties Wally West, when Barry Allen was dead in the speed force is some of the best flash stories ever. Yeah. Spoilers, right? For a 30 year old comic book storyline. Maybe <laughs> that Wally West is also probably my favorite like version or iteration of the flash overall. Like for me, it was like my first uh, take into the flash with like the justice league and justice league unlimited, like animated, like part yep. two, whenever I was a child. Um, and then like from there, I, you know, I like run up to my dad, like daddy, daddy, like these characters are so cool. And then like, he opens up the garage that is just filled to the brim with comics. And it's like, Oh son, do I have a here? <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, we are straight-up millennials. We love that 90s, early 2000s cartoons, like the Justice League, like like Batman, the animated series from the 90s, um, Superman from the early 2000s. All those shows hold a special place in my heart, but so does things like Young Justice and Teen Titans, especially Young Justice. I loved Young Justice so much. Uh, Young Justice, I think they did an amazing job of, like, introducing those characters in a new way and then like really having them grow up with the audience because yeah. like you know we have those first two seasons and then because like they were selling toys like not in the way that they wanted them to they were popular they were just popular with the wrong demographic so they yeah. canned it uh -huh. uh, but then we got like a big resurgence of it with like the seasons three and four and like uh ideally season five coming up they set it up really wild um, to where, yeah, like they just, they've done such a good job of like introducing more characters, phasing some out, having them grow up with the audience. Uh, Young Justice does it right. And yeah. it, it's clear that those showrunners really care. And they do. shows in their story. All right. So bring us home. What are your last two picks? All right. So I don't have two for it, but I have one. And it's okay. our first Justice League level. Okay. It's. And specifically, I'm going off of what James Gunn and them have said, uh, because the Lanterns TV show, they've said that the mystery that Jordan and Stewart investigate in the series leads into the main storyline for the DCU. Ooh. Maybe, you know, you'll tell, like, I'm sure the audience and yourself will tell me if I'm wrong. But if we're swinging for a home run, on our first Justice League movie, give me the Black Lanterns. Really? Okay. See, I like that idea. I think it's hard because of with a lot of the you know the narrative threads from Black Lanterns, the, the the Blackest Night stuff hit so hard because you saw characters coming back from the dead in like zombified superhero lantern versions. Um, and that's why this is ten years. This is. This is the the absolute last day of ten years for Al Mattis with this. Yep, I, I love where your head's at. I love it. Yeah. I want uh, if not the first DC Justice League threat, I want it to be there. I want that to be a big thing. So like maybe in like fifteen years, God willing, you know, we're still alive <laughs> and the world hasn't ended by then. Fifteen twenty years. I want to see the the darkest night, or the blackest night, rather. I want to see the Black Lanterns. I want to see all of that. And, you know, ideally, you know, that far off into the future, our special effects have probably gotten better, too. Yes. You know? So it's, it's yep. hopefully that will also make it look good. 
But otherwise, like, honestly, the things that I really want to see, like, I feel like they've, like, hit on the most uh, important ones being with, like, Superman. Yep. Um, just being such an important character for the, you know, the franchise and also just to me personally. So that's probably my number two is just straight up, like, I'm doubling down on the Superman legacy movie that we are getting. Mm-hmm. And I just want it to be the most epic Superman story in the history of cinema. I wanted to blow anything else out of the water. And I wanted to really be able to show people like how deep and cool of a character Superman can be. Cause I feel like that's like a lot of the stigma around it is yep. well, he's just too powerful. Like there's nothing that he can't deal with. And it's like, well, that's not the point of the character. Mm. And whenever you have a writer that understands that and writes with that in mind, you get some really good stories. That was my biggest complaint with Henry Cavill's, and obviously not with the actor. I love the actor. But with his portrayal of Superman in The Man of Steel, where he like let um, he let his pop, uh, Pa Kent, get stuck oh, by the tornado when he awful. saved him. That was, that was not like... That was not a realistic portrayal of Superman to me. You know, that is that is always the thing, like, Paul Kent dies from, like, a heart attack or a stroke or yep. something that no power that Superman has in his arsenal can fix, you know? That is how you equalize it, and you make him powerless, and you make him more relatable to shit. Yep. Like, even with all the powers in the world, like, there are still some things that you can't save. And I think when you have someone talented that understands those types of writings you can get a really interesting superman story like take the cw superman and lois tv show Mm -hmm. i've actually really enjoyed that because it they really strike the balance between him as superman and him as a father as clark kent and i think that's uh you know it's a story of you know family and like trying to you know deal with these kids some of whom may or may not have superpowers uh, and I just really want Superman to be done right because, you know, we've had from experience now, we've had good Batman and we've had bad Batman, you know, stemming back from the 80s to now. And, you know, that is a franchise that will just like never die. You know, we're always going to get Batman in some way, shape, or form. But like Superman, I feel like if that is going to be like the face and the flagship of the Justice League, which like realistically it is, like that's who Superman is. He is you know, truth, justice, the American way. He is the box art or Justice League things. And uh, that is who we, like, we need to get that story. I fully agree. Yeah, again, like what you said, too, with with the uh, Jonathan Kent from The Man of Steel, how he let him die. Uh, another thing that Smallville did perfectly was the Jonathan Kent death. I think they really, they really showed that no matter what he did, it had to happen because that was a set moment in time that could not be changed no matter what he tried doing. Uh, it was a weird way of going about it, but it still worked. Um, to wrap up my Teen Titan stuff um, as well, I want to see, not in Superman movie one, with the legacy movie, I want to see, in the next 10 years, have him have John Kent as a son. 
I would rather see John Kent over Connor Kent as the as the Teen Titans Superboy. Not in the first movie because I think having John Kent with Deathstroke makes him not challenging really. Uh, but you know, let's get him going too. I, again, Teen Titans can be so great if they do it the right way. Clearly, Marvel is building towards the Young Avengers. But let me tell you, the Young Avengers have nothing on the Teen Titans. Oh yeah, easily. And I feel like a lot of that. Like, not even just, like, the writing, because, like, you know, it, it, I, I think it's pretty clear to anyone, and I'm pretty sure we've said it before. Like, my heart has always been, like, a DC fan more than it has been a Marvel fan, but the MCU just came out and killed it, and the DCEU originally just came out and... And died? Just, yeah, <laughs> like, one lame force, it, I feel like. Like, they dropped the ball so hard with, like, the Green Lantern movie, and then, like, Batman v Superman, like, all of these things. That's another top conversation topic. Yeah, but like the fact that like that happened to these characters that I loved so much more than what I would have at the time called, you know, like Captain America or Iron Man. Those were C-tier characters at best. They had nothing on like Spider-Man who was S-tier for Marvel or, you know, Superman, Batman, X-Men. X-Men. Like, those are, like, the S-tier and A-tier, like, comic book entities in my mind. And, you know, most of them, for me, that I, I really view that way are DC. So, to see DC just come out and just struggle, just walking into every rake that humanly possible in the yard just hurt my soul. So, like, James Gunn taking over is, like, please, Gunn. Yep. Please, James. Please just do this right. Do this the way that you did Guardians. Do this the way that you did the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Like, just put in the love and care. And that's also why I'm not worried about uh, that one show, the, uh, the Authority, because it's like a, an unknown property of, like, a ragtag group. It's like, oh, that's literally the Suicide Squad or Guardians of the Galaxy. I trust that James Gunn is going to put someone in charge of that that knows what I'm gonna make an uh, I'm gonna make a weird analogy to close this out. So, the DCEU is the Wii U, and the James Gunn is the Switch. The the DCEU walked so the James Gunn DCEU can run. Ooh, I like just like the Wii U to the Switch. Cause look at the Wii U and how bad it was and how it was remembered, and look at the Switch now rising to the top. That's that's the DCU. We're we're gonna get there. We're, us DC fans are gonna have our time, and we're gonna eat good. I can I, I can just tell. I'm super stoked to see what the next ten years bring. And if anything that we just said makes it in, I'll be super happy. One other thing I would love to see, not DCU technically, it's the Elseworlds. I would love to see Robert Pattinson's Matt Reeves Batman tackle the Court of Owls. I think that would be a really good storyline for that Elseworld specifically, like with Pattinson. I think that would be. I feel like they've already laid the seeds for it too in the first one. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. With like all of the conspiracy stuff that was going on with the Riddler and everything. Yeah, I definitely think we could see that be like. I would probably shoot for that to be like three, but I yeah. think that would be like really good way to tackle that. I do too. It's it's very exciting stuff coming up ahead. But yeah, I think that about wraps up that topic. Uh, what do you guys think as listeners? What do you want to see? Are you excited as us? Probably not because we're huge DC fanboys. But hey, we're going to sing it loud and proud, the chorus. And when the rise of the DCU happens, we'll be right there with it all. That's right. And like, like you know, just spoilers, we're both already married. So like we've already trapped though. 
You know, so like, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Like, we can be the biggest DC fanboys whenever these movies come out and start hitting. And like, don't you worry. Like, we all we already locked things down. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go, and hopefully, we can start being loud and proud with our love of DC sooner rather than later. We'll see what happens this year with the. Uh, Shazam and Aquaman and Blue Beetle. The Flash. And the Flash. That was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got some big stuff this year to set things up moving forward. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy how many movies are coming out this year for DC, almost to its detriment. I, I'm a little nervous, but hey, if if Flashpoint can reset things and we get our new DCU out strong, I'll be fine with it. We can leave the past behind. Hopefully we can bring Miguel with us forward into the dcu i love you know he, he's great maybe we'll even get that batgirl version back that was canceled we'll see but uh yeah that that about wraps things up for this week's episode thank you all for sticking around and listening to our crazy dc conspiracies and maybe maybe one or two of them will happen we'll see uh any final thoughts before we close out jack oh let me tell you if you say that what we just gave our crazy dc conspiracies then body buckle up for next step so <laughs> i've got some wingers but uh yeah no i think uh i think with that all that there is to say is uh catch you guys next time same bat time same bat channel be sure to uh follow us on social media please uh, twitter instagram do all the things and uh come come back for next week yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week with uh, Last of Us Season 1 reviews, and uh, this should be a great time. So we will all see you then next week.